Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. We're in a new series called Kingdom Culture. To be a Christian is to be a subject of the kingdom of God. What does it take to be in this kingdom? How should we live? What does Jesus have to say about this kingdom? Today, Caleb continues our series by talking to us about abiding with Christ. When we abide with him, he abides with us. This message was recorded on September 23rd, 2021 at the Garden Amphitheater at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are. Leave as a new creation. I look so angry. Guys, I'm going to ask, does anybody here know Caleb? Okay, you guys need to be louder. I'm not going to invite him up here. (laughs) But for real, guys, if you don't know Caleb, you guys are going to be blown away tonight. Um, He's seriously such a good friend, and he's such a man of God. So if you guys can give it up, be loud. Welcome, Keith. Caleb. You say that every day. No, I cannot do a flip. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But for real, who's ready for false salt? Yo, yikes. Awesome. Well, as uh, Samantha just said, my name is Caleb. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm not saying that. No. <laughs> Oh, man, but we are continuing this week in our series of Kingdom Culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So remember, we, when we started out, Duncan led us off with uh, talking about the king. Then uh, who remembers uh, Samantha preached uh, right after that about uh, counting the cost. And then now uh, last week, uh, Duncan preached again on uh, the transformational love. And, uh, so this week, we're talking about abiding and what that means. Yeah. But see, this is a topic that's just so near and dear to my heart. I really and truly like this is, if I were to say, put one thing that really just changed my life, really and truly, this is the main conviction I'd say. It's an interesting topic to talk about because if I were to say, like, I had $1,000 right here for each and every one of you, I don't, but... But if, if I were to say I had $1,000 for you, if you would just come and have coffee with me tomorrow morning, then I wouldn't have to spend the next 30 minutes or so just trying to convince you to have coffee with me tomorrow. But you would show up. But in, instead, this is kind of how uh, we're trying to, we, we try to treat Devo. It's kind of like that AR goal from like elementary school. Y'all remember that? Like, oh, you read so many books, you get a pizza party, you spend so much time with Jesus, you get rewarded, you know? We don't treat time with Jesus as the reward itself, but rather as a means to the end, you know? So, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that we get to come and gather together. Lord, bless us. Let our hearts be softened to hear what you have to say today. 
in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, a little bit about me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love having Sadie as a, just hyping me up. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I grew up uh, just up the road in Estes Park, uh, where my dad planted and pastored a church. And ever since I was a, ever since I was little, like, I can remember being in church. Like, every Sunday morning, Wednesday nights, youth group, Sunday school, you name it. I was, I was there, and I was a good kid. I, I behaved in school, usually. Uh, I was polite to grown-ups. I always said please and thank you. And even right out of high school, I went to a Christian university. And while I was there, I went to chapel with every single Tuesday through Friday, which is basically another church service. We had uh, dorm devotionals on Monday nights, which is kind of like small group or Bible studies. And I also continued to go to church every single Sunday. And I was exposed so heavily, but there was no evidence, no change in my life. You could not tell a difference between me and anyone else. If I'm in a room full of pagans, I'd be hard to pick out, like straight up. And there were men much wiser than me that I'd heard from that had emphasized the, the importance of spending time with Jesus every morning. But I figured, I'm too busy. How could I spend time with Jesus when I'm so busy with school, with baseball, with you name it, whatever other excuse I could come up with? And I figured, I'm logging enough Jesus hours as it is. You know, I'm going to church. You know, I'm going to, I'm showing up to chapel, sleeping through chapel. <laughs> but what was really happening is like I was there, but I was not paying attention. There's no change. There's no evidence. It's like I was at this big table, like this big table with a, with a big buffet on it. And I was just starving and I wasn't eating. And just looking back on it, I can just really say that either my soul was just very sick or just dead. I remember about a year ago, I talked to a young man who was in high school at the time, and it was just one of those mornings I woke up and just feeling like choosing violence, you know? <laughs> and so I asked, I went up to him just very, very directly, just said, hey, uh, well, one of my favorite questions, what you reading right now? And he says, oh, well, I don't have the time to read. I don't read anything. And, you know, I, was, I understand, you know, a busy high school schedule, the most busiest you'll ever be. You just don't have that time. But I said, oh, well, you call yourself a Christian. He said, I do. And I said, well, then you at least read your Bible, right? He said, absolutely, every Sunday morning when the pastor reads it for me. Ooh, I said, that's the wrong answer. He said, let me ask you this. If you're feeding yourself once a week, how healthy are you? He said, not very healthy. I said, so if you're feeding your spirit once a week, how healthy are you? Not very healthy. I said, not very healthy. Dude, you're dead. <laughs> and, um, but I think the reason I got so frustrated with him when I was talking is because I looked at him and I said, that, that's me. That was me when I was that, when I was that age. Like, I was, felt like my exposure and to everyone else's walk with Jesus was just good enough for, what I, for where I was at. We both called ourselves Christians, but let me, let me ask you all this. Like, what, what makes a Christian a Christian? What do Christians do? Like, shout it out. What do Christians do? What you got? They love. What else? They what? 
They fellowship. What else? They pray. They pray. What else? Worship. It's awesome. I mean, maybe don't flip people off in traffic. You know, they, you know, they save the baby seals. They got to wear the cross necklace. David O'Burke. Um, <laughs> uh, they got. They got fish bumper sticker. They got. They pray before meals and stuff. They got. <laughs> Look. <laughs> but what if? What is the one thing? What is the most important thing that a Christian does? When you think about it, I mean, there's a lot. That's a big exhaustive list. And like, if you were to say everything that a Christian does, you write write everything out and you just put it up on on your board every single morning, and you look at that. How stressed out would you be? It's like, oh, well, okay, I wake up this morning, I can't, I can't cuss, I can't uh, go and lie to anybody, I can't steal anything, I got to be joyful, I can't worry, and all this stuff. It's, it's exhausting, it's overwhelming when you, when you think about it. But if you were to ask Jesus, what would he say? Well, fortunately, somebody did ask Jesus, and so that's where we're going to be. If you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 22, we're going to start in verse 35. Matthew 22, all right, verse 35. When you're there, say, uh-huh. If you're not there yet, say, hold up. Hold up. All right. Matthew 22, starting verse 35. It says this, And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which takes a lawyer to ask a question like that. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. What Jesus is saying here is that everything that we just said that makes a Christian a Christian can all be handled if we filter everything through this love. If that we look at Jesus and we really love him with all your mind, all your soul, all your heart, everything, then the rest of those just fall into place. They just fall in order. And we've heard this passage before, but and it's, it's an important one. Many of us have, if you haven't had any exposure to the church. You may have read this, you've heard this, and you, you can probably say this uh, in your sleep, but what does that mean to love God with all your heart, all your soul? And for now, I want to really zero in on what that means to love God with all your mind. Jesus says in Matthew 5.30, he says, If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it far from you. See, Jesus is not, saying, is not necessarily giving this as a, as a command to just, you know, go cut off body parts. But he is using this as an emphasis to, to show us the deadliness of sin and how dangerous it actually is. See, he does say, you know... Uh, to uh, cut your cut your hand off if it if it causes you to sin. But when was the last time your right hand ever did anything that your mind didn't premeditate for? When was the last time your right hand ever did anything that your mind didn't premeditate? So loving God with all your mind that means getting rid of sin at the source. Example: Every time. You see people fall into sexual sin, sexual immorality. It always begins with the thoughts. Every single time begins with the thoughts. That first look, that lustful look. You never do anything without the thought first. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Your thoughts 
lead to actions. Thoughts lead to actions. So you have the same person who has been compromising in one area, and the more they compromise, the easier it gets. And it becomes habitual. It comes over and over and over again until finally you get to a point where you just can't break it. And your actions start leading to habits. So actions lead to habits. If we were in the Old Testament, King Solomon, he was said to be the wisest man to have ever lived. And he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And you read about Solomon more that you see that it were the women that were his downfall. They led him away from God, as you could imagine. And this, that was the tragedy of Solomon, that he had all the wisdom in the world for everyone else, but none for himself. And his habits of constantly going after more and more women were eventually what, the very thing that corrupted his character. And we read that he did not finish well. And his habits led to his character. And his habits lead to character. Let me read in Ecclesiastes. Here's Solomon. He's writing this as an old man looking back on his life. It's the life wasted pursuing all the wrong things. As he writes, vanity, vanity, over and over. It's all meaningless is what he says. That's just the main thing. Everything I did, I've chased money. I chased women. I chased pleasure. I chased everything. It was all meaningless. However, he does wrap up that chapter, the whole book with this. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before it's too late. Did anybody y'all know someone like that? Someone old just looking back on life and the only wisdom that they have to offer you is don't do what I did. It's very sad. Your character leads to destiny. Character leads to destiny. Martin Luther says, he put it this way, he said, you cannot keep the birds from flying over your head but you can't keep them from building a nest in your hair. You can't always control the thoughts that sneak in, those initial thoughts, but you can choose whether or not to entertain them. So when you have a mind in love with God, you snuff those out immediately. So imagine that you you have a person that chooses to meditate on good things. So read in uh, Philippians uh, 4.8. Sorry. Yeah, Philippians 4, 8, he said, Paul says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. So he does give this as a as a promise of the peace of God being with you. We like that. That's good news. But this promise is attached to a condition. When you meditate on these things. So now imagine that you have this person who, instead, when, when that woman walks by, instead of looking lustfully, he chooses to meditate on things that are noble, that are just, that are pure, lovely, the things of virtue, the things that are praiseworthy. He starts thinking about godly things. The more he thinks about godly things, the more he wants to spend time with God. 
Then he develops a habit of spending time with God. And sooner or later, there's a noticeable change in, this, in his character. And he, now he can look back on life seeing kind of a Frank Sinatra parody instead of, I did it my way. He said, I did it God's way. You see, this was my story. I left after I left Bible college after a couple of years, and I spent the rest of that year just completely living for myself. I would it developed a big, uh, just a marijuana addiction. I just could not break it. I was I would just want to get high every single day, and I then that was just my whole life. I transferred to Sam Houston State University. Eat them up. <laughs> that was in the spring of 2018. I go to this school knowing one person. It was my cousin. <laughs> my cousin, Becca. And she was a part of this, uh, this Christian organization called Chi Alpha. And she introduced me to, uh, to a guy named Shelby. So if you got that picture, you can, you can throw that up. Shelby met me, and uh, we just... We just became bros. Like, that's my man. <laughs> but for the first time in my life, I, maybe this is many of you guys' story, but you're, I'm just, I was just seeing these guys who were just authentically living for Jesus. Like, guys my own age, and not just like some old people who are just, <laughs> that you see in church, but these guys were like truly living it day in and day out. And that was just so attractive to me. And so the more I, I, I I would talk with Shelby, and I would confess things like, hey, man, I'm, I'm struggling with all this. And he would just always be there. He'd say, hey, I still love you, but we're going to work through this. So fast forward a little bit. The spring break of 2018 comes around, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just mad at God for some reason. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, God, why can't I have, like, my same sins and still live for you? What, what's wrong with this? <laughs> you know? And I'm just arguing with the king of the universe as one does, <laughs> and, and he speaks so clearly. He said, Caleb, it's not about what you can do and get away with. It's about what you can give up to better serve me. He said, it's not about what you can do and get away with. It's about what you can give up to better serve me. And so I took that, uh, I, I, I took everything I had, Every bit of marijuana, every bit of uh, everything I had, I got rid of it. I got, I threw, I didn't want it anymore. It was, it was just gone to me. And that was, that was all Jesus. But at that point, like, I started spending time with Jesus. In fact, uh, now everybody had been telling me, is, hey, you got to spend time with Jesus. I finally decided to listen. So I'd wake up in the mornings before, whether going to work, before going to class. Like, I didn't care if I had an early class. That meant I just had to wake up earlier <laughs> to spend that time with Jesus. Is that he was worth it. Like, I get to have coffee with the king of the universe who wants to spend time with me, wants to uh, just download something to me. It's, it's incredible. And so I, I'm, like, spending this time with Jesus, and all of a sudden, like, I look back on that kid who I was. I don't recognize him. I really don't. And Jesus was abiding in me because I was abiding in him. John 15, 4, Jesus says this. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, stop. that word abide is not something that we use in common culture today. I don't hear any of you guys saying that outside of a church setting. <laughs> but uh, I love what the, how the NLT puts it. It says, uh, remain in me and I will remain in you. 
For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And now there's, I also love this uh, verse. There's, you know, at least one good verse in the Message Bible. There might be two, but there's at least one. (laughs) It says, uh, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. So to be with Christ is not just to simply spend an hour in the morning with him. It's not enough just to go to church, just to come to Chi Alpha, just to go to small group, just to anything else. Like, no, you are. It's the comparison here. It's an attachment. To, it's a vine to a branch. Like the branch just doesn't separate itself for most of the day and then come back to the vine for a little bit just to get rejuvenated. No, it stays in the in the vine. It remains in the vine. It is constantly in the vine. To abide is to stay with. To remain in. In Leviticus 11.45, God says, be holy, for I am holy. And that's a high standard, wouldn't you think? That's not easy to do. Like, how can we be holy just as God is holy? That makes no sense. I want to tell you, it's really not as unachievable as we may think. Like, think about this. When you spend time with someone, when you hang out with someone a lot, you start to act like them. You start to pick up those mannerisms. Like, I'm thinking of, like, okay, Kaylee and Destiny, look, y'all even wearing onesies together. Like, <laughs> y'all act the same. Y'all talk the same. It's incredible. It's so funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, like, it's like, with how perfect of a representation of this. So what would happen if we use that same principle with spending time with Jesus? Wouldn't we start to act, act like him? When we start to look like him, when people look at us, they could see Jesus. Like, what kind of a difference would that be to look more and more like him? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So my sister, she she got married earlier this year. You got that first picture. You can throw that up. It was a beautiful wedding. It was incredible. Like I cried, my dad cried. It was it was awesome. <laughs> but uh, before the I mean, all before the wedding, you got to have the engagement, and of course, the engagement was very well planned out. So so get this for my we decided, well at least he decided. Let's put it this way, <laughs> to get that she was going to get engaged on a cruise. Oh, and it was like it was a whole surprise. Like we knew for months. And she had no idea. It was awesome. We were lying to her. It was great. <laughs> but when when the it was the whole first day, like we are just uh, we're we're hiding him. We're making sure she doesn't go wander off too far and accidentally run into him. Like she has no idea that it's coming. So dinner comes the first night, and uh, we're all sitting down, and we make sure that her back's to the door, you know. And so it is is awesome. So he comes up. He's all the waiters and stuff are like hiding. Where's the feedback coming from? Uh, so we, all the waiters are hiding him, and he's uh, and he's hiding behind them. He goes and whispers behind her ear, just says something I don't remember. But she woke up. She she looked up and she she looked back at him and like just with this this look of amazement, just babe, you have a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> it was a lie. She he did not. Oh, uh, and there's and. Uh, she, he turned around, she gave him a big hug, and he, and he said, what are you doing here? 
That's when he got down one. He said, I want to ask you something. And said, will you marry me? And, of course, she said yes. She was almost in tears. She was so excited. But imagine this. What if she said, I suppose. (laughs) Or, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, or, until I don't feel like anymore. Let me weigh my options first until something better comes along. You know, this is just, it's terrible to think about. But, you know, when, when, uh, when Jesus talks about this in Revelation, he says, uh, he says, you are neither hot or cold, but you are lukewarm. And because you are lukewarm, I want to vomit you out of my mouth. We think that's intense. And like, oh, God, like, why wouldn't you just want at least part of me? Because for this very reason. So before uh, well, the worship team, you can come back up. I uh, went into with this last uh, scripture. And the book of Hosea is an incredible book. Please go read it for yourself. It's, it's amazing. But Hosea 1 verse 2 says this. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. Then if you read on, you'll see that uh, he, he does just so, and she ends up having uh, three children. At least one of them wasn't his, and he, she was just so unfaithful to him. And Hosea 3.1 goes back, he's, and the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. You see, this is Jesus. He calls us his bride, and he is down on one knee, saying, will you spend the rest of your life with me, the rest of eternity even, to have to hold for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, until death where we get to be together forever. And it's us that have been unfaithful to him, that haven't been committed I want to go see someone else. I want to go just be unfaithful. And it breaks God's heart. But the beautiful thing about this is that God still chose to bring us back. He said, go, love your wife again. And this is the gospel. He sends his son Jesus and go, I'm going to love my bride again. I'm going to bring her back. I'm going to redeem her even though she's been unfaithful. You know, the response that we may have, that you may think is just, well, maybe I just need to pray more. Or I need to read more. I just need to spend more time. But that's not the, that's just not the right response. See, God doesn't care so much about what you're doing as opposed to why you're doing it. kind of like, you know, that old song says, but God's desire is, I want you to want me. So this is for those of you, if you're being honest, like God doesn't want perfect prayers, he wants honest prayers. If you're being honest and you're saying, I've been that unfaithful prostitute, 
I call myself a bride of Christ. I call myself a Christian. I say that I do all this stuff for him, but I've been turning away. I've been following other things too. I've got one foot in and one foot out, and that's just not good enough. So if that's you, everyone, you stand up, please. We go into a time of worship. If this is you, find a small group leader. Find someone to pray with. More importantly, cry out to God. You need to get on your knees and just pray and just seek the Lord. This is his time. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for thank you for speaking to us. Jesus, I pray that our hearts be softened. I pray that we just have a desire to be with you. Lord, if we don't have a desire, give us one. Give us a new heart. Give us something that we are not lukewarm, but we are on fire for you. Jesus, I pray this in your perfect heart. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc and you can find all of our content on YouTube by searching Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.